I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. tendency each of the last four years to look at the teams that defeated the Penguins and try to find either some lessons or some consolation from what they've done afterward. Um, no, not this time. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of the other two teams. I cover the Steelers and Pirates. Last night in Boston, the Islanders took a 3-2 series lead over the Bruins by beating them 5-4. This despite being outshot 44-19. Uh... If that doesn't sound familiar, then I'm not sure what you're doing listening to a program called Daily Shot of Penguins. Uh, Safe to say that the Islanders' puck luck hasn't run out yet because this wasn't Ilya Sorokin in goal. This was Semyon Varlamov with the 40 saves. And the Islanders just keep doing what it is that they were doing. And let's say, let's say the Islanders advance, and they make it back to, I guess you can't call them conference finals anymore, I guess because of the reseeding. It's now just the NHL semifinal, but nonetheless, they would make it back to that level for a second consecutive year. It looks like they'll be lined up for the second consecutive year against the Lightning if that happens. What can the Penguins glean from this? Does that mean that the Islanders were better than we thought? Does that mean that maybe the Penguins weren't so bad? These are the things that have come up. If you go all the way back to 2018, when the Capitals eliminated the Penguins in the second round, and then of course went on to win their first ever Stanley Cup, there was a general sentiment that, hey, you know what? We just won two in a row. This was an interruption, and the other guys, this was their turn. Alex Ovechkin and everybody else had this one coming for a long time, and we're just going to get right back on the horse. Next year, the Penguins run into those buzzsaw Islanders that were pretty much running them out of the building, and those Islanders were wiped out right away after that. Last year in the bubble, Penguins get eliminated by Montreal, and it was, oh, Carey Price is the greatest. And the Montreal, in the very next round, was, you know, they played pretty well against Philadelphia for a little bit and then ended up, you know, not doing a whole heck of a lot. These things don't mean anything. Almost ever. But in this case, it really doesn't mean anything. Because there was no one. 
wait. There was one team the Penguins could have beaten with the caliber of the goaltending that they got. One team and one team only. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins, oh, come on, you didn't think I was going to give you the answer right away, did you? Is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. No contracts, cancel anytime. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go on the web to FuboTV.com slash DK. It's just for us. FuboTV.com slash DK. And the one team the Penguins would have beaten with goaltending like what they got from Tristan Jari would have been, yeah, you got it, Maple Leafs. But that's just because they're the Maple Leafs, and that doesn't count for anything either. There are no lessons to be learned. There are no significant analyses to be had of what went wrong. There just aren't. Anyone who wants to relive this, who isn't a paid coach, somebody who's either Mike Sullivan or answering directly to Mike Sullivan is out of their minds. And I can promise you they aren't either. I mean, there's probably this or that that you could pick up, or hey, look at this. Uh, Jeff Carter's really good on right-handed face-offs. You can get stuff like that. But it's not going to be anything substantive enough to make you rethink the way the series went. It's just not. The way the series went was right over Jari's glove hand. That's it. Punctuated. End of story. Were there players who maybe could have been a little bit more productive? Are there legit questions to be asked about the team's size, toughness, scoring? Sure. But none of it, none of it amounts to a hill of beans. Next to the goaltending, that wasn't just the elephant in the room, it was the entire zoo in the room. Look, break this down however it is that you'd like. Make yourself feel better however you'd like. But the fact of the matter is, the Penguins outplayed the Islanders for five of the six games. The Penguins had two golden chances in overtime. And on both cases, they were hurt by you-know-what. And there isn't a cure for that. There isn't a workaround. There isn't something that you can do that says, well, you know what, we, we've got kind of a crappy goalie right now. Let's, like, really pack it in and see what we can do to protect the guy. Because if you do that and you're the Penguins, as I was saying throughout the series, that my greatest fear was at the time was that the Penguins would start compensating for Jari's performance. To their credit, they didn't. They kept being who they are. They kept attacking. They kept out-possessing, and dramatically so, their opponent. And they did put up enough goals. It, it wasn't 
what anyone would have wanted, certainly not from the superstars, but there were enough goals to win that series and to advance. Now, if you want to look at a different situation and say how would the Penguins have fared against the Bruins, well, sorry, i got to give you the same response because then you would have been putting a goaltender who's a playoff train wreck against Tuka Rask. And even though Rask obviously has his ups and downs, he's still the best in the East Division. And he would have easily, easily outdueled what Jari was bringing to the fight. When we come back, just one question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and it's always brought to you on this program by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania, and they in turn need your help. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. pittsburghfoodbank.org. See, I really shouldn't even be doing the show today. I really should have taken this one off as like a day of hockey morning. The Jets from my beloved city of Winnipeg went down in figurative flames in the second round to the suddenly mighty Montreal Canadiens last night. 3-2 to two in overtime on a Tyler Toffoli goal. And it wasn't that close. The Habs ran up a shots advantage of 42 to 16. And I know Winnipeg had some issues coming in. I I believe that Blake Wheeler in particular was playing with a really significant injury that we'll eventually hear about from Paul Maurice. And at the same time, I bring this up primarily because who is the only one of All of the NHL's top 18 highest paid players who's still playing. Yep, Carey Price. And this is why. This is why. In playoffs, goaltending is just everything. You can skip around it in the regular season. You can. It's not... 
something that's going to make or break you on a nightly basis. But in the playoffs, there, there's just nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. It's short series, long series, whatever it is. You're going to need that goaltending. The Canadians are getting the very best version. Prime time, peak of his career version of Price. And that's why they're advancing. In addition to the fact that, A, they played the Maple Leafs, who couldn't beat anybody, if I haven't brought that up already, and they beat a really banged-up Jets team that honestly was really flawed all season long, particularly on the back end. Not Connor Hellebuck, but the defense core. Today's question, which I was eventually going to get around to, comes from Chris Hines. He asks, can Brian Burke prove his worth by luring John Gibson out of Anaheim? You know what? All that stuff I said about Burke earlier in the week, not knowing what he does here and who is this guy and what's really his role, I, I'd eat all of that in like two seconds with ketchup and mustard and relish on it if he can bring John Gibson back home to Pittsburgh. Anybody who doesn't know this, Gibson's a Whitehall native. That's in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. He's also somebody who was so nervous in his first few career appearances at PPG Paints Arena that he couldn't stop a puck to save his life, which I found to be adorable. He eventually got that out of his system, but it was such a neat thing to watch. That's how much it meant to him to play in Pittsburgh. Now, that said, Gibson is signed to a very large contract for a very long period of time, and the Penguins would have to do some, uh, oh boy, they'd have to do some big-time work on their salary cap commitments now and into the future. And, oh, by the way, they'd also have to give up a ton to get him. Um, the management team in Anaheim, believes in Gibson implicitly. Uh, they also just watched Ryan Miller retire at age 40, so Gibson is all they've got. So if they move Gibson, no matter what the haul would be, they'd have to go out and get another goaltender themselves, and please don't bring up for a split second that you could send Jari to the Ducks for Gibson. It's, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's crossed my mind. Um, partly because, I'm sorry, but I'm one of those total saps for the Pittsburgh stuff. Um, I know that's, like, not cool and we're not supposed to be into that sort of thing and how it doesn't matter that so-and-so is from Pittsburgh and that he'd be playing for one of our local teams. I'm a sucker for it every single time. And I'd love to see John Gibson and JT Miller and Brandon Sod and everybody around the league who's from Western Pennsylvania, come back here and play. I think it'd be awesome. But I also know that it's really, really impractical. Uh, Gibson would be extremely hard to get out of there, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there's never been even a trace of a whisper that Gibson would be available. But can or should the Penguins go out and get somebody's number one goaltender or someone's number one level 
goaltender, meaning someone who might be kind of stuck in a role behind someone else? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. You cannot enter next season with Tristan Jari as your unquestioned number one goaltender, unchallenged number one goaltender. No way. And I'm not just talking about from the public standpoint. I'm not talking about whether me or you would believe in him. We don't matter. I'm talking about whether his teammates would care. I'm talking about whether or not they'd believe in him, regardless of what they say to us. Of course they're going to back the kid. But there's an enormous difference between that and that feeling like, you know what, we just knocked ourselves out for months to put ourselves into a certain position. Then we got to the playoffs and knocked ourselves out further, also that this guy could blow it. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? Human nature. Human nature. Need to get a goaltender. No question about that. That will be the summation of this particular episode of Daily Shot of Penguins. Go get a goaltender or nothing else matters. I appreciate everyone listening. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.